0: The
1: Roach Coach podcast. All
0: day, all day, every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach podcast: The Journey to Create the New Metal Canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. We're back with you back for another episode of Roach Coach creating this new metal canon one album at a time. The only this way week, to do it. It's the only way. It's the only way. I don't know I how
1: mean, else you could do it.
0: You know what? If you try to do it like two, three, four albums at a time. Mistake. You're gonna get bogged down. You're gonna you know, and you're gonna miss details. You're gonna miss things like secret tracks. Oh yeah. You're gonna miss things like no thank yous in the liner notes. Oh. You're gonna miss something in those lyrics. You're going to be waking up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat going, (gasps) I missed it. That's why one album at a time, it's the only way to do it. This week, though, we're not talking about an album at all. It's about who's tweeting. Who's (laughs) tweeting. Who is. Who is. Oh, Matt, we got so much to talk about. We got new metal news. We got new metal news. We have festing. We have so many things to talk about. But first, Matt, since we started this show many moons ago, as we were talking before we started recording, many, many moons ago. We were talking about new metal. It's back. That was the question. We said that a lot, and then we were like, "It is back." And then yep. we said, "It's here." Right now, I realize something though. New metal coming back, new metal being here. The natural progression. You've got to have new metal a backlash.
1: Yeah, you got to right. get back
0: to new metal sucks. Got to have that backlash. And what better place to give us a backlash than good old MetalSucks.net. Hey, if anybody's going to
1: do it, they've got "sucks" in the name.
0: This was an article that was sent to us by many of our listeners, Roach Riders and Indigo Angels. Thank you all doing the work. Sending us, they're doing the work. This article is written by M Shadows. That's E M Shadows, not to be confused with the M Shadows from Is he in Shadows? Well, I, you know what? Or M Night Shyamalan. What? Or M9 Shyamalan. N- neither. Neither of those. The uh, the name of this article is 10 albums that remind us why new metal fucking sucked. Ooh. Hmm. Strong. So, you know, normally I don't read the intros to these when we go through these lists, but I feel like this one is worth diving into, Matt. I'm into it. This this is what M Shadows had to say. Depending on what year you start counting, we're about twenty-five years removed from the start of the new metal boom. With that comes nostalgia, which is understandable. Albums like Slipknot by Slipknot, Hybrid Theory, and Life is Peachy are all valuable inclusions in the canon and worthy of revisiting. The problem with new Metal hey, is that it creates... whoa, whoa, whoa. We're just yeah, gonna yeah. pass by the word canon? Oh, I saw that, Matt. I saw that. Okay. I saw that. Is M. Shadows a road rider or an indigo angel? They might be. They might be. They might be. They might be. The problem with new metal is that it created a feeding frenzy for artists and labels who all wanted to tap into the next big thing. While a few of those bands did actually find a foothold, most of them didn't, and we were left with one of the most controversial heavy music genres of all time, which is why we're celebrating the albums that remind you exactly why new metal fucking sucked.
1: Fucking sucks.
0: So, to start off. They have Slayer, Diabolos, and Musica, which we've talked about on the show. Not a good record. No. Um fair. And fair. And they said it is it's definitely not a top ten worst new metal album, but it's terrible all the same because it's a a perfect example of why new metal fucking sucked. One of the greatest thrash metal bands of all time lowered themselves to this level in order to try to stay relevant with the times and not lose out to the Slipknot wave. At least they figure out those influences in a more compelling way on their next two albums. God hates us all and Christ illusion. So to start off, I'm like, okay, pointing out that Slayer compromised their metal values, whatever those may be to try to, you know what? You know what they're trying to do, Matt? Put food on their family. Thank you. So next up, Crazy Town, the gift of game. I mean, Okay. okay. It's funny is that it's not in our canon. Yep. But as Jenny pointed out in that episode, I remember this. There's a lot. We've done so many episodes, but I remember this vividly. Is Jenny saying... This I thought this album would be really, 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 really bad. And instead, it was just really, really bad. <laughs> and I think that is an important qualification. What he what M Shadow says here is that as much as it's easy to decry the entire genre of New Metal, it's important to note that the genre did have some good ideas and it did push heavy music forward into its next iterations. Crazy Town had none of those good ideas on The Gift of Game, a half-baked collection of shitty rapping over generic beats and jump-to-fuck-up riffs. The only thing The Gift of Game has going for it is the inclusion of the single Butterfly, which has over 300 million plays on Spotify today. Now, that's an interesting note there, because he doesn't say it has Butterfly on it, which I think is good. He just says it has Butterfly on it, which is popular. Right. The faintest of praise.
1: Yeah, that that's an interesting one. It's like it's got butterfly on it, and people seem to still play that song.
0: <laughs> yes, people still like that. Corn, the path of totality. Uh, how do you show the cracks in your songwriting in an aging band most effectively by making a combination new metal and dubstep album? Despite Jonathan Davis's claims that they quote didn't make a dubstep album, we made a corn album. They totally made a dubstep album. They featured Skrillex, Excision, Noisia, and other prominent names, but the combination of sounds just never worked. The most frustrating thing about the of Totality is that Korn had the ability to make innovative, compelling music, but their 2011 effort just feels like a bid for relevancy as EDM rose in mainstream popularity. I think we're seeing another trend here, though, Matt. Once again, we are trying to put food on our family. Right. Korn, Inc., is moving okay so so uh
1: hey man m shadows also putting food on their family writing this writing this little article yeah little, this little this very very dismissive i'm sorry m shadows uh but you're writing the article you're putting food on your family but is an album where they introduce dubstep a new metal record or were they trying to do a dubstep record
0: Listen, you need 10 albums. <laughs> you got the fucking deal, okay? Listen, you got 10 albums, all right? And you're going to put a corn album on there. So apparently you're going to go with the one that most people think is bad. That's, so true. that's the one you're going to go with.
1: Uh, I get it. Okay, moving yeah. on.com.
0: Dope, felons, and revolutionaries.
1: Now, I'm not a dope fan, so I'm okay saying that a dope album isn't the greatest thing since sliced bread.
0: Right. Um, They said, Dope's felons and revolutionaries embodies most of new metal's worst qualities, from bad scratching to mumble rapping to nasally vocals and muddy, aimless guitars. It is also marred by a bad production job, and even the upbeat, Godflesh-esque parts have a lethargic pacing. Uh, All I remember about this album is that I thought it was great. Uh, I don't remember anything else. I just remember thinking, I love this. And I you guys were like, ah, I don't like it, Garn. I don't like dope. So maybe New Metal's worst qualities are just their qualities. <laughs> <laughs> Something to think about. Next up, this one made me laugh out loud when I saw this. Hollywood Undead, Swan Songs. Love it. <laughs> love it. Um, because I got to say, as this list was going on, I was like, well, you're pushing me away, but then you're bringing me back. Hollywood undead is like the logical conclusion to kids growing up with new metal and trying to make their own. The six man crew had some of the most obnoxious personalities to grace the scene at the time, combining ridiculous tracks like everywhere I go with not hard at all songs like undead and California. Young was probably your aim away message if you were a teen in the 2010s. So I'm going to be honest with you. While I agree with the inclusion of Hollywood Undead on this list, I am disappointed that M. Shadows did not go harder. Hey. You could say a lot worse about this than saying that the song Undead is not that hard. And calling everywhere I go merely ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) It is
1: merely ridiculous.
0: Hollywood Undead read this thing and they were all just, they were just like. Digging their nails into their legs, like, oh, here we go. We're about to get it. And then they get to the end and they're like, ridiculous? Not actually that hard? <sighs> oh, we did it. We made it through it. We're going to be okay. That's fine. We're it's fine. fine. Everybody's they're fine. fine. They're fine. Kid Rock, Devil Without a Cause. Low hanging fruit at this point. Yeah. After talking about some of the modern atrocities, it's important to think of our founding fathers. Devil Without a Cause is Kid Rock's new metal opus, and it really calls the taste of the American public into question since the record sold a whopping 15 million copies. That is a lot. It is. Here's the problem. Who was this for? Combining fake redneck swag with the attitude of a rock star and the bars of a rapper might have seemed a novel idea at the time, but it's aged like sour milk. One listen to "Devil Without a Cause" will give you a pretty good idea how we got the country kid rock we have today. Here's the deal. Yeah, Matt.
1: If you were there, it seemed inevitable. It did. Kid Rock. Love him or hate him, and he's given you a lot more reasons to hate him lately. Very true.
0: I'm very upset at you know this beer, so let me shoot it. Take it easy. <laughs> The craziest thing about that video, Matt, is that he appears to have been crying right before. I've watched this video four times. And I'm so taken by the beginning and the end when you see his face. Because he looks so weary, so tired, so spent. But also, like, legitimately sad. And I was like, man, this is a guy who really is showing, like, the exhaustion of bigotry. (laughs) you know that has just worn him down at this level just
1: finding things to be pissed off about
0: you know it's like you don't have to do that like you don't have to be mad about that you you could just find another thing to do find a hobby find you know he's super rich
1: super he's he's done very well for himself
0: done very well i heard he's got more than one house
1: Hey, good for him. I,
0: I don't. I don't want to spread any rumors, but I've heard he's got more. So let's. House. So let's take it back. Mm-hmm.
1: That dude. In ninety four through ninety nine two thousand, fucking worked his ass off, put himself in front of everybody that he possibly could. And got popular. Because he had a great stage show, with a solid band, and, made music. Bah, what to is undeniable. Still, unless you unless your M Shadows apparently yeah, well M Shadow fucking hates it, and I get it. But again, I don't love Kid Rock, but like this. This reminds me of like when we first started this show and we did Kid Rock, and all I did was shit on
0: it, and
1: it's kind of like,
0: eh. Yeah. Well, and also as we as we've gone deeper in. this genre if if devil without a cause is the worst new metal album you've ever heard oh you gotta listen to some different different new metal records you bless baby you bless why isn't stained on this list (laughs) yeah right um now the next one this is then i was like ah this is is bullshit this is bullshit limp biscuit chocolate starfish and hot dog flavored water and then I love. He starts out before you send me death threats for this one. Go back and listen to Chocolate Starfish front to back with Okay, pleasure. first of all, gladly, <laughs> gladly. I've, I've Don't done it me recently. with a good time. Oh, you mean you mean a you mean a full Nelson hot dog? My generation, Roland. Take a look around.
1: There's too many fucking hits on that record to say that. If you're gonna say like it's bloated in the back half, you could. But uh, you know what
0: else is bloated in the back half? 90% of records. (laughs) Right? And then here's what he has to say. There are a few solid moments on the album. He's already backpedaling. He's already been. How could you make this as one of the top 10 if, if it's got solid moments? Anyway, he's already backpedaling. But by and large, it serves as a reminder of how corny new metal got. Tons of stupid musical and lyrical references to more talented artists, lifted Nine Inch Nails lyrics, and even a wasted DJ premiere feature. How are you, a rap metal band that features the best producer of all time on a track and still make it bad? Okay. Fair. I'm going to put... Listen. Fair. If you were at Lake Superior State University between the years of 2000 and 2004, the Roland DJ premiere remix was played at every party and was never shouted down. It was played... In its entirety, we always got to the DMX verse. All right, <laughs> so hey, I'm gonna I get back. it. He
1: rhymed here with here. It's shitty, but when you get to rolling, 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 yeah, you kind of on board.
0: Yeah, my way, my, my way? way, or the highway, or the highway. But then he then he brings it all back. He says, Z commencement." And there I we just, go, undeniably I just, bad. I nodded. I said, "Yep." He says, it's hard to think of a reason that anyone cared about Dead Z beyond the fact that frontman Elijah Blue Allman is the son of Greg Allman and Cher, which makes him a Nepo baby before we abuse that word on Twitter. The band's album Commencement was released by Jonathan Davis's label Elementary Records and distributed by DreamWorks, so there were high hopes for the band, but they never materialized, and the band broke up after a few appearances on the Family Values tour and a Deftones co-headliner. They were formed in 2018, stylizing their name as Dead Z with the, with the a and the e merged together they actually haven't done anything since uh once again a weird move here where he could have talked a little bit more of how bad this album is because there's a lot to say but instead he's like yeah we'll just talk about the history of what they've been doing but let me tell you m shadows you could you could have dished on the fact that this album is a giant just pile of shit it's my massive turd like just hangs on you just uh. i remember doing those for that album More vividly than a lot of other albums we've done. Because I remember thinking this album was never going to end. And a little voice in my head going, Lauren, you could just skip it. And then do your note. Because you've already listened to it. You already know what's coming. But my integrity wouldn't allow me to do it. And so I did listen to it all the way to completion three times. But man, those songs. I feel like I could still be listening to them now. They're so long. Methods of Mayhem. There's no question that Tommy Lee is a talented musician, like the rest of his Motley Crue bandmates. Okay, hold on. (laughs) Wait. Hold on. Wait. Hold Hold on. M. Shadows, you just tipped your hand, my friend. (laughs) I thought you were younger than me, but wait a minute. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. Everybody stop. Nobody touch anything. (laughs) Houston, we have a problem. Wait,
1: oh, have we talked about how much I fucking hate Motley
0: Crue? <laughs> Matt, I cannot You know I me. Mean, I can't stay in hair metal. So, like, yeah. I mean, I will say that Motley Crue I dislike less than say, like, Poison mm-hmm. or. Oh, any here's of the deal.
1: Other, yeah, Kickstart My Heart.
0: It's good. Is that a Motley Crue song?
1: Yeah. Okay. But that's the one. That's it's probably their most popular song. Mm. Uh, it's the one that would show up in a trailer for like a fight
0: fighting ladies movie. A fighting oh. ladies movie? Yeah, like a Charlie's Angels movie. Would oh, okay. have like Kickstart my heart. I thought you were thinking like a woman in prison movie or something.
1: Oh, give me a like. Give me a lady in prison movie. <laughs> or like you know, cr-
0: cranked. I'm sure cranked used kickstart my heart. Um, you know what? Um, crank. I don't think has any. Crank does. En- crank by Voltage does end with a power ballad, but I'm blanking on which one it is. Might be a, might be an Ario Speedwagon song. In any event, okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I I was thrown off by that. Anyway, Methods of Mayhem. Okay and uh, he closes out the list with head pe only in america foreplay the opening track to head PE's only in america is one of the most absurd album openers of the genre jumping into an explicit sexual tale unfortunately that's preferable to what comes next which includes lyrics like you're not punk rock you're more like uh, punk trick you corporate motherfuckers all suck a dick i'm an anti-motherfucking social independent who knew that there was something worse than Head PE's 9/11 truth or error? Era, uh, I'm going to push back on this again, and I'm going to say these are features, not bugs. <laughs> and this is a, this is all important on the journey of of Head PE. Well, you'll be happy to know, mm-hmm.
1: because I'm still stuck on this. That kickstart my heart was featured in Charlie's Angels.
0: Wow. Yep. Wow.
1: And it was also featured uh in Shoot 'em
0: up. Ooh, shoot 'em up. One of the one of the great uh bait and switch movies. That was one. I saw the trailers. I said Clive Owen, Monica Bellucci shooting people in the face for an hour and a half. This is gonna be like the best thing I've ever seen. And instead, it's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Like, How'd they fuck this up? Oh man. It's uh it's a real tonal mess. It's trying to be like bug's bunny like haha ha, goofball and um yeah it doesn't work. There's Clive Owen where-
1: is one of the weirdest actors maybe ever.
0: Clive Owen's career like movie to movie, you just go sure, I guess, for every- cuz here's the thing. He's got he's got he's got one stone classic in Children of Men. Okay. Yep, all-timer. He croupier
1: yeah, Yep, Very I was good. thinking about Croupier.
0: Croupier is really good. Croupier is a weird one because it's kind of slow. And then mm-hmm. not. And Croupier also famously was like the James Bond audition tape. Everyone thought he had James Bond in the bag mm-hmm. after Croupier. And instead they gave it to Daniel Craig. And so then I think that's I think that's what happened is that he thought he had James Bond in the bag. They gave it to somebody else, and then he had to pivot. And so then you go through, and there's all these just weird decisions. Like he's the weird assassin, and like the Born Identity, where you're like, why is, why is Clive Owen in this? Mm -hmm. Like he seems like he shouldn't be in this role. And then you have things like that really bad. I can't think of the name of the really bad Julia Roberts movie. the follow up to Michael Clayton, that was like that on paper should have been great, and is literally one of the most one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like literally, like I was like, I oh duplicity, duplicity awful film and yeah he does shoot him up that's really bad but he does sin city
1: which is great, great. yeah but his sin City's performance in sin city is fucking terrible if acting is growling he uh monotone growling He's the best ever
0: well i th- i think that was i mean that's like a stylistic choice with that one though they were going they weren't weird yeah it was weird and then those um,
1: ladies tore him apart.
0: <laughs> well, the funny thing is that uh, the the last thing I can remember seeing him in was the bad guy in Gemini Man, the uh, Will Smith versus Young Will Smith movie that Ang Lee made and shot in like super high frame rate 3D. Wow, um, a truly baffling film, and Clive Owens the bad guy in it for some reason, super weird. So um, that's our Clive Owen talk mixed with some classic (laughs) Owen talk. Classic Owen talk. M Shadows, you know what? We had to get the backlash. You know, I guess that was it. Got to keep things balanced out. You got to. Matt, we got to talk about who's festing. Who is festing? Now, I know everyone's thinking, Lauren, how could we still have another fest? Aren't the fest done? Like, haven't every fest been announced? Because I am
1: done festing.
0: You're done festing, Matt. You're done with who's touring. Well,. We were sent this. It's the Blue Ridge Rock Festival. It's September 7th through the 10th, and it's a it's a situation where you can camp and see the show. And Matt, you might be asking, who's playing this festival? Who is everyone? Yeah, I'm. I'm running this down. As you, can, you, if you go this to this is fucking madness you just keep scrolling and they just keep bands are just keep appearing it never stops you can scroll and scroll and scroll i think you got to do like eight scrolls to get to the bottom okay we'll just hit you with a couple highlights here so you got pantera shine down limp biscuit evanescence megadeth Lamb of god oh, we got chevelle oh i like this parkway drive is doing a full pyrotechnic performance nice the used motionless in white baby metal Love Beartooth. tooth Corey Taylor, the voice of Stone Sour and Slipknot, we know. Cole Chamber, Flyleaf with Lacey Sturm, Bad Omens, Black Label Society, 3-6 Mafia is going to be there. Can't wait. Well, here you go, Matt. Vince Neil, the legendary voice of Motley Crue. Oh, awesome. Have yeah, you great. you
1: You've heard him do Kick Start My Heart at Rock Over Rio, right?
0: I don't know if I've seen that. But I've seen many, I, I feel like you can just type Vince Neal into YouTube, and everyone will share with you Vince Neal's finest or not so finest moments behind the old microphone. And it's been very interesting, if we're just going to talk about Motley Crue for a minute, with the big Mick Mars lawsuit that's going on now, in which they said that they had to kick Mick Mars out of Motley Crue, because he just couldn't do it anymore. He just couldn't do it. Vince Neil's, like, standing there like, yeah, guys, do we want to go with this angle? <laughs> do we want to bring up him not being able to cut it anymore at his at his guitar playing? Uh, I'm just saying. Be that as it may, Vince Neil will be there, uh, I'm assuming, performing. What is he going to do? Vince, Vince Neil's got so- solo songs? Oh, boy. I don't even want to think about it. I don't even want to consider that. I get it. Machine Head, Death Clock, Spirit Box... Let's see. Tech Nine, Biohazard original lineup reunion. Damn. Um, Cavalera Conspiracy doing a special Sepultura set. Ginger Scott Stapp's gonna be there. He will have a free on-site pre-party for campers, so, which I can only mean think that means this. Well, I just came to your camp today. <laughs> Uh hey um Scott, I'm just I'm just trying to get this you know, set up. Can you, can you hold this so I can get the tent to actually pop up? With arms that open. Well I need you to I need you to use those arms and just hold the hold the tent hold the stakes so I can actually get the tent to pop up properly. Can you can you do that for me? hold me now. I'm six, well, six feet
1: from the edge and I'm slipping.
0: Well, I mean it's like a it's a larger tent. Um
1: maybe six feet.
0: <laughs> I so, can't
1: uh, wait. So, Scott <laughs> Scott helping you make your
0: tent. Yeah, so Scott Steps going to help you put your tent tent together for free, which is great. Static X are going to be there. I like that there's all these little like notes here. It's like original lineup reunion. The guy from Him's going to be there. And then for Static X it's just Static X. We don't want to talk about it. Guys wearing a mask, don't worry about it. It's Static X moving along. Let's see. Of Mice and Men. This is a new one. I've never heard of this band, Our Last Night. It looks like they're made up of twins and a bald guy. But I like how the main guy here, he's got like bed head. So it makes me wonder if he got woken up like right before they took this picture. And he's like, it's our last night. And I slept in. Let's see here. Sleep Token, Exodus. Soldier Boy's gonna be there. What a what a mix here! Wow. Uh, yeah, Finger Eleven doing a rare United States performance. I didn't know those were that rare. Taproot's gonna be there. Drowning Pool's gonna be there. Trust Company original lineup reunion. Uh, I know you're saying, Lauren, how many bands are playing? this? I'm skipping bands. That's how many bands are gonna be there. Crown the Empire. A lot. Senses Fail. So where is this? This is the Blue General Ridge Eff- Rock Festival. It is located, hold on, General FAQ. Where is this? This shouldn't be this hard, guys. It's um, The Blue Ridge Mountains, is this in Canada?
1: No, it's America.
0: It's at the Virginia International Raceway in Alton, Virginia.
1: Fuck that.
0: Matt, nothing I love more than popping a tent. On a, at an international uh, raceway. I'm fucking, I'm, I'm I'm fucking on asphalt. <laughs> While Scott Stapp is mere feet away from me. Lollapalooza
1: 93 was that Milan dragway. It was unrelenting. You know what they don't have at dragways and speedways? Shade. This is the same problem as Woodstock
0: 99.
1: Yeah. Hey, everybody who goes to this festival. Bring your sunscreen, plenty of water, and I guess a fucking umbrella because there ain't going to be no shade.
0: Yeah. Who else we got here? Stabbing Westward. 10 years is going to be there. They are also going to be doing a free on-site pre-party for campers. So 10 years. Ooh, also Nonpoint is. Whoa. Also, Nonpoint's dread game right now has never been better. Three guys in Nonpoint have incredible dreads. Good for them. Cold's going to be there. They're gonna be doing their year of the spider in its entirety tour. Awesome. Sound to be. Yep. Dope's gonna be there. CKY's gonna be there. Amir's gonna be there. Amir's gonna be there. Frankie's back. Escape the fate. Attila is gonna be there. Fit for an Autopsy's gonna be there. Edema. Alpha Wolf. Make them suffer. Born of Osiris. Caskets. I set my friends on fire upon a burning body,
1: then did. Truly, you are just putting names into a band I'm generator. just telling you.
0: Uh, oh, Tantric's going to be there. They're also going to be doing a pre-party for the campers. So Tantric's going to help you set up your cooler. That's nice. And it says major artists still to be unveiled. I know. I'm not even done. Angel Maker, Pale Face, Tala, Catch Your Breath, Patient 67. United States de- debut, good for them. Dropout Kings, hey, there we go. Bring it all back. And Heartsick, who are a fan-voted talent search winner. Good for them. Nice. Good so for you them. said them.
1: How disappointed are you that the Dropout Kings album's been delayed?
0: Matt, when I found out my baseball bat with the nails in it was de- delayed a month, I was furious. I was furious. But... All I can guess is is that this was some sort of weird record label decision. They said, listen, guys, you can't be putting your record out a week before the new Feist record, okay? You've got to <laughs> wait, okay? You cannot let A that lot of overlap. people,
1: the, Jones and for a sequel. to
0: are the- sitting there, they're there just like, you can't, you can't do it. You can't do it. It's just it's not right now,
1: all right? One, two, three, four ruined our last record.
0: <laughs> yes, it just oh, just crushed us. So, yeah, so it's delayed. That's why we're not talking about it on this week's Who's Tweeting. I know it's coming. I know it's coming, and it'll get here when it gets here. I guess that's the only way I can look at it. Dropout Kings will not be helping you set up your, uh, your campsite at Blue Ridge Rockfest, though. I just want to mention that. So if you go to BlueRidgeRockFest.com, they're apparently still announcing bands. This is a four-day festival, though based on the number of bands, I think they probably could do like a week of just bands playing. And then when they finish, going around and helping you like tend to your campfire, you know, maybe roast some marshmallows, make some s'mores. Just the whole vibe. There you go. That's who's festing. Who's festing? Uh, And now we've got to talk about... We've got to talk about the Biscuit. We got to talk about a little bit of controversy. A
1: little bit of that dirty rotten biscuit.
0: A couple weeks ago now, Fred posted on his Instagram a message, and it said, Frankfurt, thank you so very much for your unconditional support tonight. Since I was under the weather, I asked you if you wanted us to cancel or continue the concert, and you chose for us to continue. You brought tears to my eyes many times tonight, and I cannot thank you enough for all of your help getting through. We all had an unforgettable experience together. It was an honor, and I'm forever grateful. And as for the very few who were being negative, I sincerely apologize for letting them down. Lastly, thank you to the bold fans who came up to sing the songs for everyone. It was an incredible night to remember. The show must go on. Sincerely, F. All right. So I saw this. I sent it to you sent it to jenny i was like what do we know about this what's going on start going on first i went to twitter looked around on twitter people on twitter fucking pissed furious so mad went on to youtube found a couple clips i was like mm, can't really tell if this is necessarily bad or not Then i found some more clips did not sound good <laughs> right it sounded pretty rough but then you go into the comments. And the people that jumped up out of the crowd to help Limp Biscuit sing on these songs—it was the night of their life, right? Dream come true, dream come true. So we have a couple different comments here from the lbunderground.net. Their comment was: uh, This was on uh, Instagram. They said, "Other bands cancel a show because of a hair in the soup. Limp Biscuit tried to make all fans happy despite illness. Some members from our community were there live and were glad that the evening wasn't canceled." Of course, not every fan who goes on stage is a perfect singer, but you should accept that too because such a situation is exciting for everyone. Limp tried to make the best out of the situation. Our part of the fan scene thinks it's good that Limp Biscuit wanted to save the evening. You should look at the situation from both sides before writing hate comments. Sincerely, the fan scene at LB Underground. So that was their take. Then we had a comment from Stiffmaster9271 who said they could have postponed the concert again. Apparently Fred can't do long tours anymore. When I saw that Frankfurt is the last concert after Vienna, Munich, and Stuttgart in the German-speaking area, I almost thought something like that. In the first third, the atmosphere was pretty great, and a few fans were really good. But after that, it went downhill. I'm curious if and when they'll come to Frankfurt again, and especially how the performances will be in the next few weeks and there were other comments I found where people were very upset, people were mad, people felt whatever, but I gotta say, if you're gonna do what Fred did, which is not postpone it before anyone's even gone in, but to walk out in front of an audience, so we're talking, he's walking out at what? 8.45? 9 o'clock? This audience has already sat through two openers. This audience is lubricated. This audience has got probably... I'm going to say it. Probably a bratwurst in one hand, cold brew in the other hand. Oh, shit. Fred Durst walks out and he says, hey, I don't feel so great tonight. Should I cancel or should I have you, the LB Dedicated, come up and help me rock this tonight? still got my boy Wes right here. John Otto got them sticks. DJ Lethal got them fingies and that vinyl. And Sam Rivers is not there on the tour. They got a replacement guy. Anyway, everybody's there. We got a band. Do we want to do this? I doubt that anyone there was thinking, oh, you should definitely cancel. Definitely cancel it right now because I'm ready to walk back to my car. No. They're like, no, dude. There's no
1: There's no. There's no fucking way. way that with everybody in the building... Mm-hmm. And the band on stage that they weren't
0: that they weren't gonna play. They weren't gonna do it. Now, as I said, watching these videos. Kind of interesting vocals... though that they didn't let mm-hmm. Wes
1: sing a couple songs. But maybe he just didn't want to do that.
0: Maybe they would yeah, maybe there wasn't. Well, I think the thought process was we'll let these fans pop up, do what they do, show their love and their fandom, and I mean, as far as, I guess, Wes is concerned, or as far as, you know, Fred was concerned, he had a great night. He felt, you know, he felt he the felt love the in love. the room. I will say, the worst clip I saw was of Eat You Alive. And if you didn't like Eat You Alive before, <laughs> this version is, uh, is tough. It's tough. But I will say, they had a couple days to recuperate. Saw some vids for a more recent show. They did 1999. The boys are back. Boys are back. Boys are back. I say if you were at the Frankfurt show and you were upset because of what happened. Understandable. I would actually Understandable cuz you basically
1: got to say, see Limp Biscuit karaoke. Yeah. With, but with the band.
0: But I would say don't give up on the boys. This happens as we as we talked about with Rachel on the Defenestration episode. He canceled the show in the UK in 2001. 2000, and everybody was super mad. Mm -hmm. And they hated him. So here he is. He's probably got that in his head. He's like, oh, man, those Kerrang kids. They'll be so mad if I cancel again. I can't do it. I'm doing it here. And it's like, you can't win. You can't win. So I think, ultimately, I think it was worth it. They had to make the chance. They can't say... They didn't try. So I guess that's our, that's our take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah.
1: It, is it ideal? No. Hey, I, I waited. This is small times, but there's a small Minneapolis punk band called Dillinger 4. Mm-hmm. I was very excited to see them. They never come around. And they came around. And the bass player prior to the show got so drunk during the opening band set that when he got on stage he immediately took off all of his clothes they played three songs he threw up all over his gear and immediately passed out and that was the end of the set
0: whoa
1: wow and part of me was very upset and another part of me was very much like possibly the most punk rock thing i've ever seen in my life maybe maybe Maybe. And then what? the drummer went, Are you saying boo or boo earns? And uh that one that won me right back over.
0: <laughs> I was saying uh, boo earns.
1: <laughs> boo earns. <laughs> so we gotta talk about our boy Fred for a little bit longer.
0: Yes, man. Cause he was on a podcast lately. He was. With he was your
1: favorite human oh. in the whole wide world. Well, Ugh. you love this guy. Number one, this guy. The straight shooter.
0: Uh, you know, Matt, you had sent me this interview that Fred had done with Bill Mr. Marr Bill Mar. On Bill Mar's Club Random Video Podcast. Yeah, very weird. Club random. Club <laughs> random. And I turned it on and literally it starts with Bill Maher literally saying something to the effect of, well, everybody's so woke these days. And I was like, God, I can't can't deal with this guy. I cannot deal with this guy. So I ended up just reading excerpts online from what Fred had to say. So I watched the whole thing. You watched the whole thing because you're a better man than I. Uh, Talk us through it. Talk us through it. So the whole
1: vibe is odd. Mm -hmm. Fred doesn't do a lot of media, but he seems... Not enamored, but he seems like, who the fuck are you, Bill Maher? Like, he's legitimately interested in being there. Mm -hmm. They spend a lot of time discussing things no one cares about, Mm. such as California real estate. Did you know that Fred bought and flipped 15 houses in California?
0: I did not know that.
1: Because he did. According to him, in this interview, he just likes to do that because he describes himself as a um, as a hillbilly uh, from Mm -hmm. South Carolina. That's right, right? That's right. I think
0: so. I think that's right.
1: From the Carolinas. From the Carolinas. Safe. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Got it. This show sucks. It doesn't know where Fred Durst is from. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So. That was odd. Mm -hmm. There is a huge portion of the interview that involves Fred propositioning Bill Maher for sexual favors. Like, kind of feels like it is a joke, but also odd and goes on far too long. Like, way too long. Mm -hmm. Then... There's a point where Fred is legitimately trying to talk about some stuff that he's interested in. That's a little cuckoo bananas. He he wants to talk about like zero point energy, which is like using the vacuum in space for energy. And Bill Maher wants nothing to do with it. And immediately is like, "Eh, that's bullshit. Nope. Not interested in your crackpot fucking (laughs) so there's Uh, like this tension that's there coupled with this like weird like should I suck your dick Bill Maher you want me to suck your dick like weird it
0: was a it's an it's you know what though tenuous interview I will say that if I was talking about something that I was legitimately interested and passionate about with Bill Maher and he said, ah, fuck that. I don't, I don't care about that. Then I would follow with, like, do you want me to suck your dick then? Like, what do you need, Bill Maher? And Bill Maher would immediately go, no, no, what no. And I'd be like, okay, good. We're back on track then. Right. <laughs> Bill Maher's... Now, I've, I've, I've pivoted again to uh, making Bill Maher uncomfortable. So, perfect. There we go again.
1: Right. Um, yeah. But, like, so, Bill Maher's 65 and doesn't give a fuck. So, like, he
0: doesn't get Bill uncomfortable. 65 years old? Yeah.
1: That's the other thing that comes out in the interview. is that Bill Maher's 65. Jesus Christ, he should go to bed. He can. He's got too much comedy in him.
0: Oh, yeah. I I got to shoot
1: straight to the woke mob.
0: I, I like how every Bill Maher joke now never lands, and he's mad about it, and then he just does another one that doesn't land, and then he's just like, ah, you people don't get it. And it's like, this is the audience for your show, sir. Like These people paid to see you, so if they don't like it, no, that's Bill on any
1: other show besides his own. His show isn't fucking sufferable because he's he'll be like, and that's why America needs to build things. You know, when I was a kid, they used to have this thing called corporal punishment. Like fucking applause breaks every four sentences i'm like how no wonder you're out of your fucking mind it's like everything that you say people go crazy for you are reaffirmed on all of your beliefs
0: every two minutes in your show to go back to the interview with fred it's did a talk weird to, one dude did he i'm assuming nothing came up about a new album
1: no, dude, they didn't talk about... The most interesting things that they talked about in regards to Limp Biscuit was that... And a friend has said this in other places, is that he didn't really want to be a musician. He wanted to be a filmmaker. And he thought that music videos were the best place to cut his teeth in that. So Limp Biscuit was the art project to allow him to make videos... And those videos would allow him to become a director like David Fincher. But the art project took off, and now he's more known for that. Which is like, okay, I guess. I. That's not necessarily the first story that I heard from you about that. Like, the <laughs> driven on Limp Bizkit kind of shows, like, no... He wanted to do something in the. Why would he give corn? Like, nothing like matched up there.
0: I mean, people are always rewriting their story. So, if that's the angle that he wants to take now, although I will say the thing about it is that, like, the music is better than the music videos, the music videos are better than the movies. Like,. The Fanatic is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my whole life. And I went into that thing like as open minded as you can get. And I was like, nope, this ain't it. This ain't it. Uh, but he gave us Fred he gave us Aaron Lewis turning into a bunch of birds. So you know He ain't hold. Bad. He, yeah, exactly. So Matt, would you recommend anyone to 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 listen slash watch this interview? Um no I mean, okay. I, 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 no, I, I feel
1: like the last interview that Fred did with the former child star.
0: Oh, the Josh Peck interview.
1: That's great. If you If you're looking for a Fred interview, I feel like every good nugget that he said in here, he said mm-hmm. in the Josh Peck interview. Like at yeah. one point he talks about like he was harassed and bullied as a kid. And then he took on this persona. And he didn't call it red hat. Like he did in the um, mm-hmm. Josh Peck interview, but like he took on the persona and then the people that he didn't like were in the audience as his fans,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, which he, which he has said before. Right. Um, yeah. But I think he, he does a much better job articulating. and He doesn't have to put up with like the weirdness of Bill Maher. Like Bill Maher really is just odd.
0: In it the, is weird. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, and then it just makes the vibe
0: like crazy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh I I wonder what that text exchange was with Wes after that. So I just hung out with Bill Maher for an hour and a half. And Wes was like, oh boy.
1: I uh drank a bunch of tequila and smoked
0: some some re- some weed. And was like, All right, I'm on my way to pick you up. Oh boy. <laughs> don't don't touch anything. Um Matt, we gotta talk about who's in those DMs. Who's sliding up in? We got a DM from Joseph. He said, has anybody got Chino's number, please? Attention, Narrowhead are in your house. Narrowhead are in your house, Chino. And he sent us a link to the song Gearhead by the, by the band Narrowhead, which I believe he is claiming is, is possibly stealing from Chino. Let's see.
1: Chino, Chino, are you safe?
0: Chino, Chino, change your locks. I need you to to get a ring camera immediately because your home has been pillaged. Narrowheads fucking doing the thing though. They are really doing That's the thing. That's 3 I'll months
1: say. old at time of hearing it.
0: Oh wow. So this is brand this new. No no no. No no noo. Wow. Well Well they absconded with some prime Chino. You know what we always say, Matt? Steal from the best. Steal from the fucking best. We say it. We say, it. although Chino sincerely invest in a ring camera because they in the house. Thank you so much, Joseph, for sending us that. And uh, we also got a DM from Zach Milo who said who sent us the song uh, Paper Cut by the band Escupa Sangre. And he said, listen to the pit activation and... At two twenty three, my friends. Interesting. Okay, just as far
1: as i it's a well, I couldn't tell us about what you want to say.
0: We took yourself to
1: you from you never Return Ooh, that is fucking filthy.
0: Ooh, that's dirty. Also, I'm gonna point out this dude. Idea. He's pissed.
1: Oh, not happy. I have to fast hey. forward. This is a three minute song, and I love it. It's like, wait till you hear the two, act, two bit activation at 255. It's like at the very end of the song? Okay. Is it? <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Match up,
0: stepping on the screen. I will suck you to though. and watch you turn in your own green. Match up, stepping on
1: the screen.
0: You be throwing some fucking elbows there. Ooh, the, the things just got violent. Violent, very violent. Uh, thank you, Zach, for that. Much appreciated. Love that uh, stuff. And then we got we got a DM from Elron, who says, "Has anyone spoken to you about this new new band of young whippersnappers yet? They're called Silly Goose." I just took them out on Spotify, and I like what they're doing. And so Silly Goose are apparently a new, new band. Their whole thing is apparently performing new metal out in public in places that you would never expect. So the clip that Elron sent us was them performing in a subway. Yes,
1: I have seen this.
0: While a guy was trying to get a, get a footlong. They also have another video of them performing their new metal songs on a moving truck driving around town and outside of venues. I peeked into the album. I listened to a couple tracks, and this feels like... I'm going to throw it out there, Matt. This feels like a band with potential. Mm. I don't think they're quite there yet, but they've got all the ingredients. I just don't think they quite have the song yet, because all you need... All you need is just the one song. It's true. As we've learned. You know your, what I mean? Your bodies. You just need a bodies. You just need a bodies. Silly Goose is definitely out there. We're aware of them. They're doing the work. Let's, um, let's,
1: let's listen to a little right now.
0: Okay. Here's right.
1: uh, their number one song on Spotify is Out of the Picture.
0: Okay. Get the fuck up.
1: That's some bounce.
0: That's some bounce. Playing shows in
1: the streets, getting people on the feet straight out of A. Secure, busting up my shield. Pop, rail, the bitch, I'm rocking this rail. Fuck with me. I'm gonna put you in the bail. Winning the fans over one it ain't never been done. And one of the bands is doing this shit, I damn. Don't ever say.
0: I kind of see what you're saying. Like, it's almost—they got all the ingredients. It's almost—they got all the ingredients. It's like he's telling me to jump the fuck up. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. And I'm hearing it. It's like I just I need. It's that intangible.
1: Yep. They don't have their X factor yet.
0: They don't have it yet, but I believe they can find it because they're putting the work in. Um. Although I don't know how I feel about the name Silly Goose. That would I say is the most, when I hear a name like Silly Goose, I'm assuming that they're like going to open for fish or something. So that's, that's a bit of a misdirect with that name, but we're going to keep our eyes and ears on the, on the folks in Silly Goose and see what they do next. So thank you, Elron, for sending us that. Matt, we did an episode just last week, all about defenestration with our friend, Rachel from Osher Mags. We sure did. The feedback Resounding resounding we got dms we got comments we got so much kodustus if i'm saying that right i'll just call him kodu said that uh raging speed horn is an erection joke oxymoron about how after doing speed you can't get it up thus ranging speedhorn. okay um there it is yep and it says we've got to check out their second album we will be dead tomorrow the song fuck the voodoo man is a banger also, their ex guitarist tour diary about touring America and how miserable it is for a band who is on the cusp of losing their record contract and is about to break up is an all time classic. And he also said that Simon, who produced the Defenestration record, is now the sound guy for Napalm Death. Good for him.
1: Awesome. Good for him. Uh, JD comes in with At Roach Coach for the Cotton Belt <laughs> Puff Puff 420. Might I suggest either Hidden Stash 2? Or Rollin' Stoned. Both albums are filled with songs about that sweet dank bud as opposed to their other album albums about that sticky ganch. <laughs> Guess I'd pick Rollin' Stoned. Can't wait. JD Legend. Thank you. Thank
0: you, JD. I, I I like this advice because I'd rather I'd rather we deal with some songs about sweet dank bud than songs about sticky ganch. I, I think that's I think it speaks to you and I. Appreciate perfectly. That. Absolutely. Thank you, JD. Kelly K. Fresh Frazier, talking about defenestration, said the band photos are adorable. Damn right they are. They, a bunch of cutie pies. They are a bunch of cutie. Oh, that girl.
1: So cute. So cute. So cute. David Boone comes in with Counterpoint. The Lakini's Juice riff fucking rules. The lyrics are
0: fucking wild, though. Always <laughs> talking about Lakini's juice. Always, we're gonna talk about Lakini's juice forever. That riff that is just baffles us. David Boone came back and he also said that Risky Russ is Ross Robinson's Wario. Okay. I
1: like that. I like that. David Shook comes in with, I've never heard the term landfill indie before this episode, but apparently I listened to every landfill indie band ever back around 2000 to 2007 or so.
0: Hey, guilty
1: as charged over here.
0: Listen, we're all over here. Listen, we all, I got to tell you, nothing was funnier to me than Rachel saying, why do these guys keep talking about doves? (laughs) That has made me laugh so much. Ah. I recently sought out the CD version of the new album, which I had to like hunt down because it was like didn't come out in America. I had to get an import of it. That's how, that's how great my doves fandom is. Gareth Davies says this was pretty great. You guys had never heard of these cuties and really enjoy the healthy dose of doom and some female vocals for a change. I just wish Risky Russ Russell had rustled up some low end. Rachel, thank you. I love what you're doing with Mosher Mags, and it was great to have your perspective here. More of this, please. Would love to hear the three of you do kill to this. Apartment 26, Shell Shock, Polkas, or even some more recent boys like Black Coast or Death Blooms. Uh, he also sent us a Photoshop picture of Scott Stepp's mugshot with the baby pacifier with the cigarette put on top of him. Perfect work. Thank you very much.
1: Aqua Teen Pod comes in with Risky Russ. Ain't got nothing
0: on Naughty (laughs) Noss. That's right. That's That's right. right. Uh, Ewaldo86 said they, they may be from England, but that guitarist is residing firmly in Tooltown. Ooh, shit. Did I sleep on some Tooltown? Matt, I think we were distracted by the fact that we Rachel, were trying
1: not to do English accents, and ask. we were not
0: trying to do it. We were not trying to do English accents, and we were trying our very best to not be like. So, when you go outside, what's it like? like? What's it like? What's over a there? pub like? Just well, we did straight up ask that. What's a pub like? <laughs> I know. We did we couldn't stop ourselves? We're like pubs. I mean, ugly American things. We're like pubs. What's the deal? Mushy peas. Tell me more. <laughs> Guy Ritchie is he around? Do you see him on the street? Just idiots. We just. Fucking buffoons. Credit where it's due. We didn't talk about the crown or the queen. Didn't ask any of that stuff. Because we don't care about that. No way, dude. No way. You know, we talked about Elbow (laughs) and Travis. (laughs) Anyway, Rachel, come back on the show. Let's talk about some more stuff uh uh let's see here um ryan's timeline said rachel is such a delight very fun episode and now i'm spending my afternoon at work listening to british new metal i've never heard of except for apartment 26 give me more by apartment 26 is a new metal slash ska masterpiece okay matt this comment from bradius thadley is amazing all right
1: if you go to the joy division restaurant and they mess your food up you can always just put in a New order.
0: <laughs> Chef's kiss. Beautiful. Beautiful. You fucking at. it. Uh, smoking umbrellas says, I, Hey, Kettering, I think my friend's uncle was in Gutworm. L-M-A-O. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Lex Dig comes in with ugh, a Clark's mention. Snooze fest.
0: Shots fired at Pittsburgh boys. The Clarks. They're playing right now, Lex. <laughs> They're playing right now. You can go see them. Show every day. A show every day. Every day. The Clarks are playing a show. One, one last, last one. CS Nish 96 says, I'm from the UK and I love Fred Durst. Heart emoji. Keep on rolling, baby. Oh, That's right, baby. Keep on yeah. rolling, baby. Thank you for that. Perfect. Thank you for all those comments on that. And you have Rachel. Rachel, come back on so we can talk about some more British New Metal. And uh, we can talk about riding on the tubes. <laughs> she, she's never coming back. She's never coming back now. Finally, this only way that we can end this Who's Tweeting episode is by talking about Andrew Wolfe's recommendations, Part 3. Oh, the
1: Wolf of New Metal.
0: All right, Matt. This week, who do we got?
1: Uh, well... We've had quite the experience, but today we are going to listen to a band called Head Cave and a little song called Zero to One.
0: So, Head Cave, Matt, I don't know if you know this, this is, I guess we'd call it a side project, or maybe the main project right now, of Nick Giamenti from My Ticket Home. Oh, wow. I didn't Spets know that. that's him on vocals, and uh, yeah, the band, I know, is made up of at least some guys from Night Versus. I don't have the Wikipedia in front of me, there may not even be a Wikipedia, but I know Nick and, uh, yeah, some guys from Night Versus are Head Cave, they've been putting some songs up for a while. This is pretty par for the course from the other stuff I have heard. I actually not had I had not heard this one. I like it. I don't love it, which is also kind of how I feel about most head cave stuff. Like I think they've got once again they got all the ingredients. I mean they got Nick. I mean they've got they got the guy who was on a classic. I think it's solidly good, but mm. I don't know. It doesn't quite achieve liftoff for me. How'd you feel about it, Matt?
1: I liked I liked the. Um I like it sonically. I thought it was powerful. Chorus grew on me, but it wasn't my favorite thing in the world. It's a good song.
0: Good song. Good song. Definitely, you know, excited to hear more from what he's doing. I mean, Head Cave is putting stuff out all the time. So they're constantly working, constantly evolving. I would say the new Head Cave stuff is not the same as the old Head Cave stuff that came out a couple years ago. So he's working. He's moving. I mean, at the same time, as we're all thinking, though, it's like, hey. Why don't you call those My Ticket, guys, My Ticket Home guys up? I'd love doing. that
1: if you just called those guys up.
0: Call those guys up. And just see what they're doing. Just see what they're doing. See if they want to pick up the drums and the bass and the guitar and just knock something out. One more time, maybe. One more time. Just one more time. Or two more times. Or a tour. No pressure. Um, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, thank you, Andrew, for that recommendation. Still more to come. And I, I want to let everybody know that... Eventually, this list will be done. And then it's like, is there another list? <laughs> there there might be. There might be another list. Just putting it out there. But that brings us to the end of another episode of Roach Coach. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello to us online Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're Roach Coach and all those. Send us an email Roach Podcast at gmail.com. Next week, we got another album, Matt, and another guest. It's going to be a hot one. I love it. Until next time, Matt, thank you.
1: Lauren, thank you. Road riders, riders
0: and Indigo, indigo, indigo Angels. angels. Day, day. Thank you.
1: All right. All right. bye. Bye bye.